Hello, and welcome to the Soul Expression Sessions. I am your host, Allison McLeod, and I'm so excited and honored that you are going to be joining us here for interviews from amazing people from around the world, how they recovered from adversity and are now thriving and living in their true soul expression. Thank you for joining us, and your next Soul Expression Session awaits. Welcome to the Soul Expression Sessions. As you know, we love to bring on some amazing guests to be able to really showcase some amazing talent throughout the world. And I am so honored today to have my friend Natalie all the way from Australia. And she's an award-winning business leader and a sought-after business mentor and speaker. She's also an international best-selling author. And Natalie has been featured in major publications, including Authority Magazine, Ariana Huffington's Thrive Global and Entrepreneur. Natalie started her entrepreneurial career about 30 years ago and is founder of multiple businesses with both six and seven figure success stories. All of Natalie's businesses come from her passions, including business, wellness, and of course the amazing champagne and sparkling wine. Not without her share of triumphs and so-called failures, but Natalie says that along the way, she discovered that success is less about hard work and more about finding joy in your everyday life. Passionate about sharing this with the world, in her writing, speaking, mentoring, and online courses, Natalie works with people to show them that it is possible to define your own version of success and easily take the steps you need to achieve your goals. It is possible for you to not only just dream the dream, but live the dream. And I love that. Natalie, how are you? Thank you. I'm well. Thank you, Alison. And yeah, thank you so much for having me join you on this podcast. So excited to be here. Well, this is cool because I know I am all about helping people live their dream and, you know, stepping out of their comfort zone if they need to and really being who they are in their soul. And I love the fact that you've done so many different things between business and wellness and of course the champagne and sparkling wine because we all need to celebrate (laughs) (laughs) you taught me that for sure so what sort of started you on this journey 30 years ago yeah so um my journey into entrepreneurism entrepreneurship i guess i worked i was working in the travel industry so my career had a strange trajectory where i was started my career in banking then I had some major events occur and I needed to do something different. So I went traveling and by traveling, then I merged into hospitality, working in resorts, and then from that merged into travel. And I've lived in different places all around the world. And in my travel experience, working for a tour company in Europe, we were very autonomous like we'd run our own tour for we'd be on the road for six weeks eight weeks and you know there wasn't in those days we didn't have internet we didn't have mobile phones you know you could get stranded somewhere and you needed to be able to sort things out and get their fill back on the road and i was also resort manager in a swiss Uh, resort for running our swiss ski program for two years as well in the winter seasons so i was i was used to running the show i think and i quite enjoyed it 
And also, I think I've also had a passion for business. Like even as a young girl in, we call it primary school, elementary school, I would play business with people. I'd be the head of some corporation and I'd get, you know, people doing all different jobs and things like that. So, you know, some people, some people played doctors and nurses or they played in the kitchen or whatever <laughs> in home corner. I, I was running businesses, you know, as a small child in my imagination. So I, I guess it was always there, that passion. And people say, like people, I'm very organized, very logistical, very analytical, like processes I can work out very easily. And I always say, always work out the process before you actually do it, like work everything through on paper before you do it. And so you need that part of it, but also then people in a way discredit business by sort of saying, oh, well, you know, it's not creative because we think creative is creating artwork and music and all of that sort of thing. But I think anytime you create something that wasn't something out of some, nothing that wasn't there before, which is what a bit creating a business is, that that actually is creative. So that sort of expression, although you're in that business analytical mind, there's actually a soul element in that if we're talking about soul expressions. And part of that may have been my initial driver when I started my first business. So that business I grew, I. I came back to Australia so also I had when I was working for the travel company quite a few I was fortunate to host some top level VIP travel agents from Asia into Europe and um, they were all telling me how popular Australia had come for visitors from Asia at the time so that sort of piqued the idea of when I go home this is what I'm going to do. My visa was running out. I needed to come home. Eventually, I was I was away in total for about seven years, but eventually came home, and that's what I came home with the idea to start this travel company, which I did. And we're an inbound travel company, bringing visitors from international visitors into Australia. So. I built that from, you know, a little office in my home that eventually branched out to bigger offices, bringing in more staff, multiple seven figure business, had it for 15 years. And then the GFC um, travel is one of those industries that you're so exposed to external factors, you know, airline strikes, weather happenings, you know, all sorts of pandemics, you know, disease, stock market crashes all of those sorts of things. So you're so exposed to external factors. And in 15 years, I did steer that business through many of those. And then the GFC happened. All of my markets went into recession overnight and I needed to make a really tough decision to close. And I was also going through a divorce at the time. So there was a lot going on. Anyone who's ever been through any business closure or or divorce proceedings understands those processes are really energy draining and really can take a lot from you. And really what that did was allow me to stop and look and, and restart. And I realized that I wasn't looking after myself. So I've, I've always been independent when I traveled for all of those years, I supported myself. No, no one else needed to fund me or anything. You know, I've always been able to find my way but I realized I wasn't looking after myself emotionally. And, and that is where that soul expression stuff comes from. We, 
there were so many learnings in in those crises and I always say crisis you know in every crisis is an opportunity it was an opportunity for me to stop and look and go what do I really want to do and then from that created businesses that came from my passions and what I want to do so sure the travel company was but there was a you know after a period of time I there was no joy there for me I would have actually found myself waking up nearly every day almost in tears. Like I would wake up sad every day. And when you've got that underlying feeling of sadness, there's something much deeper that's going on. So to the outside world, I looked really successful. I was married, had a you know, child, family, successful business. You know, I was asked to speak at industry conferences, I'd won awards, I sat on boards, you know, all of that sort of stuff. So successful to the outside world, I was waking up nearly every day wanting to cry. <laughs> and then you, I would get up, me being me, I just get up and I would get on with my day. But that getting on with is soul destroying. You're actually not listening to whatever's going on for you. And so, as much as it was a crisis and everything needed to crumble some if we build structures that aren't actually supporting us everything needs to crumble in order for you to start again because you're not you're not being driven from your soul you're not expressing who you really are as a person you're uh, covering that up or keeping a lid on that you know those emotions I was waking up with every day of course I had to keep that in the little box and not expose it because I was expected to go and run this business and you know do all of those things throughout the day so um, so yes when we're not connected when we're not in alignment we operate often based on what we think is an external list of things in terms of how do you measure success you know it's money it's you know biz quite bizarrely um getting married is seen as one of our great achievements in the world in our cultures and i'm not saying that that can't be but we have marriage like a tick box it's a checkbox where you go oh check that off because i've done that now it's like it's a beautiful achievement if you've managed to have a beautiful connection with someone and it's a beautiful relationship and all of those but it's more based on the convenience of having the right match at that right time and yes do they meet your criteria and all those sort of things once again that's not driven from who you are as a soul so yeah we often i, I realized i was living my life based on what I was expecting for external acknowledgement for how successful I was as a person rather than me knowing every day that I feel good and not doesn't matter what happens I know I'm going to be okay it's a different way that's coming from your strengths and your desires within and then radiating that out whereas you think is the other way is the external looking at you saying do we approve are you okay? Are you successful? And we often as human beings look to that as our guide to how, how good we are, how, where our self-worth is, where our self-esteem is. Are we being a good person? Are we successful based on what everyone else thinks? And it's not, it's not about that. It's actually 
how we feel every day is more important. So that's where that coming and following your joy comes from. So yes, in closing my business, I was very fortunate that I had very successful relationships and networks with people, as I mentioned, you know, I spoke at industry conferences, my experience was in demand and valuable. And so overnight, you know, a six-figure consulting and speaking business started, but I got to start it in a different way where I got to choose, I chose which clients I took on, I chose based on did we connect on our value set, is this something I want to do? I chose my my, my own hours. I was now a single mum, so you know, making sure I had my hours that you know I pick up my daughter from school and then spend time with her, and all of those sorts of things. So I got to create the business that was all about me, um, still giving value to others, but it came from that place in me choosing and prioritising me and what I wanted to do. And that then turned into mentoring other people to show them how to do that as well. Because people go into business thinking, oh my God, I'm gonna have all this freedom, I'm gonna have all this money, I'm gonna make all these choices, I get to do what I, um, whatever I want to do. And it's often the other way around, the business is driving us, instead of us driving the business, the business is driving us, it's dictating what you need to do now, here's all your deadlines, here's your target to meet, all of those sorts of things. So I found a lot of business owners were similar to my, when I was talking about how I was waking up sad every day, I think that's actually quite a thing for business owners, quite common. Um, they don't know why they're sad, they don't know why they're often depressed. It is very lonely space as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, you're often in this little bubble of making all those decisions on your own. It can be lonely. So I found that was quite a common thing. And I felt, well, I felt, uh, and I do have the answer in to show you how to structure and prioritize to follow your joy and how much more um, productive that is and profitable that is and in creating businesses so and going back though to when all of this happened because I too you know lost businesses going through a divorce and you're right people you know go oh my gosh you look you used to you know look like you had a franchise you look so great you have all this outer people telling you how amazing you are you know, it is so difficult to not put on that happy face, right? Especially as women, yeah. right? Because we just do what needs to be done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do what needs to be done. We do that. I think we do that as mothers, whether that's a natural instinct or not. But yeah, I definitely realized it was a big learning for me that I, see, I used to get up set with my now ex-husband husband when he was my husband because he didn't prioritize me he was very selfish in his decision making and it was you know he would just do, do whatever he wanted to do um and i wasn't considered in that prioritizing what i the big learning for me was like an aha moment was when i realized i wasn't prioritizing myself so I wasn't prioritizing myself. As mothers, we often do that. Our child comes first or our children come first. And we often prioritize our husband and other family members 
as a priority before us. It's actually a syndrome. I don't know whether you have the same saying, but I remember this from my mother saying this in child in my childhood years about the burnt chop syndrome, like chop as in the piece of meat or a steak. Yeah, so if you were cooking food and one piece was burnt, you wouldn't serve that to the others, you'd serve it to yourself. Ah, so true. <laughs> yeah. So you would take the burnt chop or the burnt steak or whatever it is rather than give that to someone else. So we often don't prioritize ourselves. And I'm not, I think it's really important that when we realize that, that we're not, that we don't beat ourselves up, that we start to punish ourselves in terms of, oh my God, you weren't looking after yourself, you know, whatever you're, you know, sometimes that inner voice can be an inner critic. And it's really important that we don't do that but it was an aha moment where I just went ah here's me expecting other people to prioritize me but then I wouldn't even prioritize myself so how could I expect other people to prioritize me if I'm not prepared to prioritize myself and that is one of my biggest learnings and I love sharing that it is in the book that we're in together the becoming an unstoppable woman the first book I did talk about that I talk about that a lot in my business mentoring as well because it's it's different to being how people think it's just you're just being selfish and yes in a way it is being selfish but it's uh, I do I actually have an online course on how to identify your own core values and then integrate those into your business because I do think once you operate from your value set that is what will give you strength through all of those difficult times and it's also what motivates you and it's also what you share in terms of value with the world True. so if you loving yourself shows the world how to love you back yeah and when you operate from a place of value that you're valued you value yourself and you know that you bring value to others when you share like that it's actually a beautiful I was going to say exchange. It doesn't even need to be an exchange. It's just a beautiful sharing. You're from within your sharing and radiating that joy, that love, that value out to others. When you operate from that place, it's just got a totally different energy about it. Just as we're talking, I can feel that shift in energy from thinking, oh, my God, I need to do this work, blah, 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 blah. If I don't do this work and this, if I, ha I have to make myself a priority. So it's not that we get into our head and we're spinning stuff around when you sit and you calm and you come into alignment and you're in that place of value you know that you're bringing value to others and that is where you want to sit and operate from in everything that you do so yeah i agree for sure because you're right once you put yourself out there you want to have something that is absolutely of value to other people but you want them to come and reciprocate in return for sure yeah but it's a different energy it's like you're sharing that the other thing I talk about is how important our energy is and our energy can get really easily drained and you know you know I've had some um, challenges with chronic illness before I know that you do as well and when you are in those situations you know how precious your energy is you really know you need to look after it and just that shift of sitting with yourself in terms of where you're 
in that place of strength and calm is a is a, a feeling of calmness where you're just sitting there and then you radiate out and you share with others connecting in that way instead of in this oh i need to do all this work to help you it's just got a totally different feel about it and different energy and scientists are now uh, proving the theory that we are all energy energy is what makes the world go around so protecting your energy in that way is so important and that is also when i created some of these other businesses that I have, I was very mindful that they all come from my passions and something I talk to people about in business is that you don't want to turn your passion, something that you love, into a burden. And that's often what people do when they create a business is they do it because it's coming from something they're really passionate about. But then as you know, Alison, as well, anyone out there who's listening who is running businesses, very easily the business takes over and they're doing all these other things that are not bringing them joy. They're doing the tech, the admin, you know, all of that sort of stuff and go, oh my God, what am I doing? I'm not enjoying any of this. I was doing this because I loved this and now I'm spending all this time doing all of these other things that I'm not enjoying. And it does take that it's almost a discipline to remind yourself that you don't have to do it all at once you don't have to go for that target if that target's going to mean draining your energy or taking you away from your passion it's not the right target or goal for you i have a saying about goal setting is if you write out your goals and look at them and they just make you feel tired then they're not the right goals for you that's not fun it's so common the fact that you have those systems in place and you teach people to say if you're doing what you're passionate about then put the systems in place so those people can do the things that they need to do so you don't have to (laughs) yeah the systems in place or also it's okay to keep your business small like we don't always have to be going for a multi, you know, six, seven, eight figure plus business target. People don't realize often that those people who are in those multiple seven figure businesses, their profit margin will be less once they grow. <laughs> um, if, they, if they haven't scaled it right or depending on the industry and all of those sorts of things. So we, often think the revenue target is it um but really it's the lifestyle like i wanted to be able to spend time with my daughter i've worked with some business owners where we were i was doing some group mentoring and someone else in the group in a similar business talked about you know they had twenty-five thousand um clients a year and this other woman had a very small amount and we'd already discussed that she wanted to have, you know, only work a few days a week, have time with her children, all those sorts of things. And then she got inspired at the 25,000 customers a year. And I said, she said, I think I want to go for that. And I said, oh, okay, you can, absolutely. But one, you need to change the structure of your business because you're very personalized and hands-on. You can't do that at scale. And two, you're going to lose that freedom of those days off per week. 
because you're going to need the work that to do the work that's needed to hit those targets. I said, so there's your decision. You need to make that decision. So yes, depending on the business, there is ways that you can still scale to those um, higher amounts of customers or whatever it is. But some businesses, do you need to do that work to be able to change how you're operating to get there? And that means letting go of how you thought it was going to be in terms of you wanted to have that personalized interaction with people well you're not going to be able to do that with 25,000 people so yeah those one-on-ones and things like that so it is about making those decisions I definitely um, in my champagne and sparkling wine business I definitely have been conscious of when I was making decisions to grow that do I want to do this because this is my passion business I do believe and say that champagne and sparkling wine are one of the joys of life and something to be shared. So it is about following my joy. And I've got an award-winning blog with that. I do events and tours, we've got membership programs, um, all sorts of things with that. But I was very conscious that every time I took a step to grow that, I check in with myself and like, is this really what I want to do? Because now you're going to have more customers demanding all of those sorts of things. And how are you going to set that up to be able to scale that to volume? Because I don't want to lose that joy of, you know, being in that space where I get paid to drink champagne is a pretty awesome thing to have created. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but yeah, it should it should always be fun. And so that checking in with yourself at each step of when you are scaling is really important. And um, and yes, and I do have the wellness program, which is an online wellness program. And the same sort of thing with that is making sure how that was structured was a way that it didn't need me hands-on and so creating that and I created that it was about seven years ago so it was before COVID before everybody went online with programs and things like that but uh, it was the same idea I believe that wellness any exercise or wellness activity should be something that you enjoy the word enjoy actually means enjoy so um you know when people think same thing that they need to struggle and punish themselves to exercise and things like that particularly for those of us who've had issues with any chronic fatigue illness anything like that any of the exercise that causes you stress is actually having a negative impact on your system so coming to same thing is finding modalities that give you ease into wellness you can easily integrate it into your day it's something that you enjoy so yes with that one it's make it easy make it fun was the motto in terms of how to integrate it into your day and because i think champagne and sparkling wine is a joy as well because some people question how you put wellness and alcohol together i don't necessarily see it just as alcohol it's more about savoring the moments appreciating every sip appreciating you know the matches that you can have with food the beautiful company and events and things that you can create and that is a joyful life and that to me is wellness so yeah
And I love it because you're right. Wellness isn't just about what do you eat and do you go to the gym, right? Yeah. Our mental wellness, our physical wellness, our sociability, which hopefully we'll get back to soon. And yeah, it's everything that makes you sparkle. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. so important, especially these days. And you're right for women because we are so busy. And I love the fact that you talked about kind of checking in with yourself at every step, right? Do I want to go bigger or do I not? Like, what does that mean if I go to the next level? Yeah. Because sometimes it's, we're just in flow, right? Especially if we're in corporate, yeah. right? You're just going to the next thing. You're going up the ladder per se yeah. because it's what people want you to do. But people forget to check in to say, yeah, but I really like the job, job I'm in. Why would you go to the next one? Yeah, oh, like yeah. That yeah and it is checking in and it is checking in sometimes i was mentioning earlier about emotions being like i used to block them and i've now realized our emotions are a gift and so if it's anger if you're experiencing anger frustration even you know physical fatigue you know all of those things is a indicator that whatever you're doing is not in alignment resentment's another one like particularly as an entrepreneur you know we can look at others and go oh they seem to be doing all right why why am i not doing all right with this you know that sort of stuff comes up and that is nothing to do with them that's about you so those little things coming up going you know why am i i ask the question and it's more about observing, becoming the observer of your emotions. So why, oh, that's interesting, I think to myself, why am I feeling that way? And then, you know, you asking yourself that question. So in that checking in at each stage, sometimes we might have fear or resistance coming up. So we do need to check in and make sure it's not just that. I've got a fear of putting myself out there. Or I've got a fear of stepping outside of my comfort zone or whatever that is. So it is important to take that time to think about, oh, I wonder why that's coming up for me. And so, yeah, if you've got any sort of resistance, you don't want to just push through the resistance. You want to think about why you've got the resistance and then come back to that value set and, and get the right alignment before you proceed. And that, to me, that's one of the major keys to success is that you come back and get clear on your next steps before you take them. Otherwise, as you said, you're just on that. Even if it's a, a successful trajectory, you're just, it's still like the hamster wheel. You're just going through the motions onto the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And we forgot to check in with ourselves and make sure, is this really what I want? Is this okay with me before we make the next steps? I, I mean, I even choose my, I uh, choose promotions. I choose projects and taking on clients. Uh, I, when I did my value set, I do this little thing about how we work out your own personal values and you make every decision based on that. And one of mine is, is it fun? So, nice. <laughs> so when someone 
you know, approaches me and say, would you like to work with me on this project or can we contract you to consult on this? I'm like, mm, let me think. So I look at who I would be working with. Do we align on our value set? I look at the business and the operations and, and think, that, is that the right business? Does it excite me? All of those sort of things and how much time is going to take and you know what that's going to take away from other things I'm doing and then is it fun yes and if the answer is yes that's that whole prioritizing yourself it actually starts with small and large decisions that is this okay with me first before I think about how it affects others that's the process that's actually the law of value always is is this okay with me and it's you first and then how does it affect you know my family or you know whatever the, the organization you're working in and all of those other things but first of all it's you first so checking in always on those decisions small and large and that also means sometimes you say no to things even if they're you know i said no to a project just recently it was twenty thousand dollar contract but I looked at it and it was work that I'd done for years and I've decided I didn't want to do that work anymore. And I looked at it and I thought I could say yes to that, but no. Good for you. Good for <laughs> I thought, is that going to be fun? Yeah. No. Yeah. So it is important um, that we check in with ourselves first about is it okay with us before we take those next steps. Fantastic. Well, I guess the word of the day, and I'd like you to address, because some people think this word is absolutely horrible and negative, okay. but it is the word failure. It seems to freak okay. a lot of people out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I was helping a friend with something um, this week, and then he sent me a message saying, oh, I'm not sure if I've got time to do it. And I got really annoyed with him because it was a big step, and then... Um, I thought to myself, he's being such a baby. And then I thought, well, actually, no, he's being more like a small child or a man child. Um, because I thought even a baby, I do love this analogy, even a baby, when a baby's learning to walk and falls, they don't just sit on the ground for the rest of the day and for the rest of their life and say, oh, well, I tried getting up to walk once and it didn't work out. So it looks like I'm just going to live crawling around on the floor for the rest of my life. I'm like, even a baby, we think a baby's really fragile. It needs to be constantly supported. And yes, there are elements of that. But, you know, babies are out there learning so many things every every day and the way they explore and yeah they yes we learn by if you touch something it's hot you don't necessarily go and touch that again but you know the falling down and then staying there it's not in human nature and i wonder when we decided that failure was the end like it, it, it's not the end. Any inventor, like you look at, you know, Edison, Einstein, you know, all of those big inventors, Marie Curie, you know, all of those big names in inventing stuff. They didn't get the formula or the the invention right and perfect the first time. They had to test and measure. Like I always say with business, it's all test and measure. You test and measure, test and measure. So if you put something out there and it didn't work, then you assess that the same way I was talking about 
thinking about your feelings is like, oh, I wonder why that's coming up. Oh, I wonder why that didn't work. Let's have a look at it. And did we get any feedback? Reach out and ask people. So test and measure and then tweak. You don't, sometimes it means that that particular thing is a no, but usually it's just a few tweaks until you, you make those few tweaks and put it back out there. I do quote in the book, because in the second book, my quote is that, you know, it can take years to be an overnight success. Usually. <laughs> yeah, most overnight successes, when you hear this backstory, they didn't just do that and then all of a sudden now I'm famous or all of a sudden I made all this money. There's usually, and a lot of even, you know, sitting in our billionaire sets, I know, you know, some multi multi millionaires hundred you know they're worth you know 500 million dollars and more and and billionaires they they have a story where they oh i i did this business i had this business i had this business and then this business you know maybe it was the right timing maybe and also when you're starting other businesses all of those things that were so daunting in the beginning when you started your first business, that's all gone, that's all easier. It's all second nature. So you're starting with all of this experience. And, you know, I'm still starting businesses at the moment and I'm in my mid fifties and I don't see myself slowing down. Someone said to me the other day, oh, so you're not planning on retiring. I just looked at them like. <laughs> what is that? Well, no. <laughs> what is, what is that? And that whole idea of retiring we is a very old mindset where we thought we had to work hard to be allowed to enjoy like you had to have effort and then you were allowed to enjoy afterwards so when you think of that mindset that's we're all living our lives to one day enjoy for a few years and then we die you know, it's a crazy idea that that's how you would live your life. And that's what I mean about success is about following your joy. You have to create those opportunities of joy. You get to create them. They go through all throughout your day, throughout your week, throughout your month, throughout your year. And I'm not saying time things don't get tough sometimes. They absolutely do. And I still put things out there that I think are going to, oh, this is really going to fly. And then you put it out there and, it, it doesn't <laughs> and then you need to do that working it out so yeah definitely um, failure is an interesting one that we think it's the end game and it's not it's actually just part of a process and you know I closed my travel company in the GFC so that's often termed you know a, a business failure but I ran that business for 15 years and it had thousands and thousands of passengers a year, clients a year. Um, I dealt with mainly the luxury market, so you know, five stars as well as big incentive groups and things. We did some beautiful programs. Like that's all value and success. And yes, it was multiple seven-figure business. That's not a failure. Um, I, yeah, and I also was no longer happy in that business. And so that's what I'm saying is when we create those structures that are not supporting us 
from that soul connection level, then it the only way for you to move forward in a more positive way sometimes is for it to all crumble. It is for it to all fall away so you've got a clear path that then you can walk through again and also i mean the other thing is that people some in some sectors particularly sort of in the wellness creative sector there's people who believe that money is it's not okay to make money which is a very strange thing and so some people have attachments to money that it's the money that's driving them. Some people have attachments to money that it's evil, you know, all of those sorts of things. But money is just part of your operating environment, really. It's how we we have an exchange. And my belief is once you know how to make money, you always know how to make money. I, You would be the same. You've had multiple businesses. I was telling this story the other day uh, where I lived I had my parents divorced when I was about nine. My mother was a hippie mother and my dad was quite conservative. Um, where we lived with my mum, well, there was a local market, you know, like a farmer's market and a lot of hippie uh, stalls there and things. And that sort of made me entrepreneurial then, but in a way that I tell this story, my sister, used to create these beautiful soft toys that she would hand embroider and spend weeks and weeks making and she would sell those at the market. And then I noticed we had all this beautiful wild heath growing on our property. And so I would pick bunches of that on my way to the market, put some rubber bands around each one, put it in a basket, walk up to the market, sell them as I walked around the market within a space of half an hour. There was my cash for the day and then I'd be gone and my sister would spend, she'd already spent weeks and there she was, would spend all day on her stall at the market and she may be lucky to sell one thing. And we've talked about that as, in a sense, as adults and we joke about, um, she then went had her career in circus skills and performing as a stilt walker and things like that. Um, and we joke about that's why she's a circus performer and I'm a business person because I could see the most profitable path. Um, I did it in an easy way. It didn't mean that what I was doing was less value. It didn't mean what she was doing less value. But if you look at that from a business perspective, that was a lot of hours spent trying to get a return on that investment. She was still creating something beautiful. And so if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But if you're in a business that you also want income that's going to give you freedom to do other things, you also want to look at the easiest path to get you where you want to be by still giving value to others as well. So and you were I probably CEO went on the playground. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you started young. I love it. <laughs> yeah, so I probably went off um, on a bit of a tangent there with the failure question, but yeah, failures is more about the story of my sister that's still a learning for both me and her in terms of, oh yeah, that's the best way to structure that. And yeah, through different things that we work on in our business, yeah, it's not a failure, it's um, a, a learning a learning process and opportunity. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on today. I'm so happy that uh, we had this chance to chat. 
because I know you were also moving. So <laughs> thank you for that. And to all those listening at the Soul Expression Sessions, may you discover pure love inside the sanctuary of your precious heart. Thank you and good night.